I want to do this. I need to approach this like I approach any other business. This is a business that needs to make me money. It's not about just having fun anymore. If I want to do it, I need to do it. So that's when everything changed. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. All right, so we've been talking about landing a remote job for a while now, but the one thing you're probably most curious about is how to learn the online skills you need to land these jobs. I'm not just talking about getting a brief introduction, but learning from actual accredited schools so you can be taken seriously when you apply for these jobs. You've been waiting for a while, and I'm really sorry about that, but I have finally created a whole page listing the best courses to take from teaching English online to becoming a freelance writer and so much more, all from trusted sources that will get you that remote job. So if you're ready and serious to take the next step, then visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. Again, you can visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. On this episode, I'm really excited to speak with Claire, who is a dedicated traveler and digital nomad. At 34, she sold all of her worldly possessions that wouldn't fit into three boxes and hopped on a one-way flight to Guatemala. Unable to speak a word of Spanish and with no real clue of what she was going to do with her life, to say this was the start of a wild ride would be an understatement. She started writing her blog, Claire's Itchy Feet, as a way to inspire other women to pack their bags and head off on their own solo adventures. So listen on to find out how Claire has been able to thrive as a solo adventurer. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to speak with my guest today. I'm here with Claire. Hey Claire, how are you? Hey, (laughs) I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know you have a lot of really great stories for us, but before we do that, can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? So I left the UK, I think I was 34. So a little bit older than I think some people. Um, And I didn't really have a plan for any savings. So it's definitely been an interesting adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I didn't really know what I was going to do other than I just needed to leave the UK. So I literally sold everything and got on a one-way plane to Guatemala without knowing any Spanish or, like I said, really having a clue. And I think I had like $1,000 in savings. Wow. So (laughs) I had a few kind of freelance things lined up, but there was definitely some like desperate times. Um, And that was like four or five years ago, 2017, I think I left. It's all such a blur. And anyway, I'm still here. I'm still on the road. It's for most of my time in Latin America. I had planned on going to Asia, but I got a chronic illness. And so it wasn't a great time for me to leave. I got diagnosed, so I've always had it. Um, and then, so I've just been kind of hanging out in Mexico for a while. So yeah, I'm still here in Mexico. I've moved to a few different places, but I've been here for about three years and use this as my base to travel around. Well, there's a lot to unpack there because... (laughs) 
<laughs> because first of all, usually people will say, you know, I did a lot of savings. I planned for years and then I finally, you know, did it. But you went the total opposite way. You're like, I need to make a change with my life. I need to do this now. Was it like a now or never thing for you? How did that decision come about? Honestly, like it was, it was really, I felt feel like it was honestly, it was a mental health thing. Hmm. Like I was ill. I was getting migraines all the time. I felt stressed all the time. I was anxious. I loved my job. I had the, I was a professional dancer. I, I ran my own oh, wow. dance company. I was the artist director of. I loved it. I helped hundreds of people. Like it was, it was beautiful. It was amazing, but I was so miserable. I felt so trapped. And there was so much pressure because by the end I'd had like so many people working for me and all these kids relying on me to get funding in all the time. And the stress from that just really built up. And so I mean, I had a vague plan, you know, I'd always worked for myself. I'd always been self-employed. So I actually, I was in the military, mm, wow. <laughs> which is crazy. And then I, I know, so very disciplined. But so I think because I'd been self-employed for such a long time, it didn't feel like a super, super crazy thing to do. I was just going to, I knew I could make money, mm. you know, I've always had the ability to be able to like, just manifest things and just create like create opportunities for myself like I created a whole company out of nothing so and I'd learned so many skills I mean being the artistic director of a publicly funded dance company like takes some skills because you don't get you don't just get given money you have to like do everything pretty much until you get to a bit of stability so I'd written press releases I'd done social media I built websites I'd like done everything so it for me, what I did was I knew I needed to go, I booked the ticket, and then I kind of thought about all the transferable skills that I had and how I could make them work for me. And I think the first thing I was like, I'm just going to do work away. <laughs> like that kind of, you know, I'll go and I'll volunteer in a hostel or do something. So I've got accommodation and then at least I've got a roof over my head while I figure it out and I kind of had this vague idea of being a social media manager which is hilarious because before we got on to this podcast we were just <laughs> talking about how much I hate social media so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but kind of it was just an easy thing to do like honestly at that point I just didn't care I just wanted to get out I yeah. just needed to like I needed a break <laughs> and some good weather you know what it is? I think for a lot of people, they probably saw your life at that time being a dancer and you had this business, you were in charge of so many people. And, you know, from the outside looking at you, it's like, oh my God, Claire has such a great life. And then that's why you don't really know what someone is going through unless you know them very personally, right? Because like you said, it, you were having a literal mental break. And I was in that same position too. And that's why I left a job that most people thought was like, you know, here in the US was like the American dream. And it's so interesting how that really shapes what your future is if you decide to take that on. Because for a lot of us, it's really scary. But what's scarier is to staying where we are, exactly. right? Yeah. So. It's so funny how then you, did you just buy like a one-way ticket? You didn't really have yeah. too big of a plan. Yeah. And then you were just like, I'm going to manifest. I'm going to do whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> so my kind of, I think my plan 
was to stay in Guatemala for three months. I wanted to learn Spanish. My overall plan, by the way, was just to go away for a year. And I decided that I wanted to be like a UN peacekeeper. But to do it properly, I need a second language. So I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll just go and maybe I'll go and learn Spanish. And then I looked at the costs and stuff and Guatemala was like the cheapest place. My ultimate aim was to kind of travel around Latin America. I wanted to go to Peru and do Machu Picchu because I'd been there in 2005 on a Royal Navy ship when I was in the military. Oh, wow. And um, and I didn't do it. They offered, they said, who wants to go to Machu Picchu? I was like, is there a bar? No, I'm not going. <laughs> I had no idea what it was. And so this really haunted me. And I was like, I have to write this wrong. And I never actually got to Peru. Oh, I fell wow. in love with Guatemala. I stayed there for like nine months. And then I ended up in Colombia and I got stuck there as well until I accidentally got I accidentally became illegal and had to leave. <laughs> it's an accident. <laughs> and then that's how I kind of ended up in Mexico. So I've traveled quite extensively, like in those three countries and then other places in between. But yeah, I just kept on getting stuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing, right? Because when you're a foreigner, you don't know the legalities of all of these things. Because remember, when you're in Latin America, once you go from one country to the next, they're all different. You know, their policies are different. If you're in Mexico, it's different. If you're in Guatemala and Peru. Like- and honestly, like because I've been in Latin America for a while and, you know, the whole white privilege thing and my British passport, you become very complacent. And I like I screwed up because I was like, oh, well, if it was Guatemala or Mexico, you just pay a fine and no one cares. Yeah. Colombia is not Guatemala or Mexico, and they really care. You yeah. cannot go five minutes over your visa. If you do, you have to pay a big fine, and then you have to leave. Wow. I mean, what they what immigration said to me was, you can stay as long as you want, but if you want to leave, you need to come and you need to register, and then we'll give you two weeks to go. So, I mean, I actually I traveled around Colombia elite like while I was there illegally with <sighs> a letter from the immigration office telling saying that we know about her she's going to come in and make it right before she leaves but she's okay basically because hotels were asking me and I'm like oh my it's a crazy crazy system yeah so I mean I planned to stay there for nine months and I had to leave after four I think because of this situation and I was a bit too scared to go back because I was going (laughs) to just do a a visa run yeah but I was like because of this issue I'd had I was scared they wouldn't let me back in again so I just left they have like a but yeah, wanted do not sign mess around for immigration. <laughs> oh, honestly, they did. They do all the photographs and fingerprints and everything. It was a whole big deal. Like oh I was God. so stupid. It was like oh. it was very like privileged of me. But in Guatemala or Mexico, it's like it's different. Yeah, the policies are yeah. so different. But you know what? That's like a really huge learning thing for you there. At least you learn that you know what not to do anymore. You can tell other people about it. And speaking of that, Claire, how did you become this nomad who travels around pretty much just kind of lived life like day to day to now having a big blog and having a business from it? How did you become a blogger from all of this? I'm a very strategic person. I'm a very big picture person. And I think that everything that I've done in my life, it all impacts you. It all goes in there somewhere. Like my dance training and the military like gave me a lot of discipline. 
and then being an artistic director and a dance producer like you're always looking at, at that big picture and I learned so many different skills through that and so when I started traveling I had started just writing a blog I did it after I'd been in Thailand for a few weeks and that was kind of when I discovered blogging and bloggers but what kind of I always felt that was really lacking in a lot of stuff that I was reading was like the detail, especially as a woman traveling. I wanted to know like where exactly this like rickety bus stop is. Like, <laughs> what does it look like? What am I looking for? Because also I'm trying to tell taxi drivers and like, so I was always like felt like I wanted the detail, I wanted a picture. So when I started writing the blog, it was kind of like to fill in some of that information. And also because I knew I was going to go traveling, I thought it'd be kind of a nice thing to do for my family and friends to read. And then I kind of learned a bit more about blogging that you could make money from it, but it still didn't really stand out to me as being the, the main thing. So basically what I was writing somehow took off on Google. like, And it was really was just luck. And then I think when you, when you, get that where you're going from like a hundred page views a week a month to like a hundred a day like oh my god this is amazing and it kind of becomes a little bit addictive so pretty much the whole time that I was traveling like my blog didn't wasn't making any money I was just doing it and kind of doing it in a strategic way and hoping that one day it would make some money and everything that I was learning through different jobs like I've worked for different bloggers I worked as a copywriter, I worked as a social media manager. So all these jobs that I was doing for other people really fed into everything that I was doing for myself. So I was almost kind of using these experiences to like be able to eat, but also to kind of train myself to be able to do it for myself. And then I think it was maybe two years ago. It was like the year before COVID hit. Mm -hmm. It's like 2019. Like I realized that I needed to get serious. Yeah, I'd finally been able to give up the, I was teaching Chinese children online English. It was like, hell, I hated it. Mostly because of the time difference. It's like five o'clock in the morning. I was like up at four, five o'clock teaching. Like it was killing me. And I was like, right, if I want to do this, I need to approach this like I approach any other business. This is a business that needs to make me money. It's not about just having fun anymore. If I want to do it, I need to do it. So that's when everything changed. And I think within about six months, I'd really started focusing on SEO, editing all my old stuff, like not producing much new stuff, just being really strategic about everything that I was doing and getting into affiliate marketing, yada, yada, yada. Um, Started making some money, which was like amazing. And then it kind of becomes addictive. You know, if you can get these things ranking on Google, it's like, it becomes a fun game. (laughs) And from there, I managed to get my page views up so I was able to get on Mediavine, which if you speak to any blogger, it's like the elite blogging yeah. network. It's what everyone wants to go for. And like, I managed to do it. It was like the joyous day. And like at that point is when you know that you can go full I knew I could go full time. My outgoings aren't big. I don't live a like luxurious life. Like I live in a studio. I mean, we have a little pool, but it's, you know, we don't, I don't need a lot of things. So that with the affiliate money was enough for me to survive basically. So I was able to give up all the other jobs and just focus on that. And this was in January, 2020. I went full-time blogging 2020. That is amazing. <laughs> I know. And then within three months, the entire world stopped. stopped. My income died. <laughs> oh, it was no. like, 
hell no. (laughs) But you know, because I'd been like, I mean, when you're living this kind of life and you're traveling around and you're becoming illegal in Colombia and you're doing all these things, like you learn to just react. Like, I'm not going to sit and cry. Okay. I went from earning like $40 a day on Medivine, like every day, just $40 plus all the affiliate money from like booking.com and all this stuff to $1. Oh my god! My traffic went from like over two thousand views a day. I was lucky if I get hundred. That is like it was that fast. Yeah. So, so it was like, and you know, you think you're being clever, having different income streams. We all did in the travel industry, right? All of us bloggers, like we're not daft. We've got all these different income streams, money coming from different places, but it was all from travel. So it all dried up, and. Every conversation I've had with like other blogging friends who are top bloggers, none of us like none of us skipped a beat. Like Alyssa from My Last Travel Movie designed some swimsuits and created a shop <laughs> and like did all this. Like everyone, we all did something. And for me, I started really getting into building websites. Like I've, I'm a yoga teacher as well. And I've got a lot of yoga teacher friends and Pilates teachers and stuff. So they all needed websites because they needed to take their classes online. So I just was like, okay, I'm going to do this for a while. And then I did that for a few months um, to bring some income in. And then around like August, I knew because I was in Mexico and I could feel that Mexico was going to recover quickly. They never shut the, the borders. And I hadn't written a great deal about Mexico, but I was like, I need to like just take up, just take this entire month and just write everything I know about Mexico. So I was really strategic. I did a lot of research for the keywords and the search traffic, and I just wrote like a ton of content on Mexico. And maybe November last year, yeah, my blog was stronger than it had been in, in January before COVID. Wow. It was like I was getting more page views, was making more money. Yeah. A lot of people are going to Mexico, like, because, um, like you were saying, it didn't close its borders, so it's still welcoming mm-hmm. people. So yeah. it was honestly Tulum. one of the only Love places. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. the only one of the only places that most people could go to during that whole thing during 2020. So that was definitely a good strategy for you to be able to do that. And I love that. Like, and then I think a lot of American bloggers did start doing road trips. You yeah. know, if you're like, if you're a strategic person, you can see that big picture. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, what's going to happen next? It was a gamble, I must say, because I also did some stuff on Thailand because I thought maybe Asia would recover quick, but that's not picked yeah. off at all. But Mexico, that's where it's at. I know. I saw a lot of people going there last year, and the travel there was still pretty good. Like people still went over there, so that's definitely a good strategy that you were able to do. And I love that you thought outside of the box because I do know that you know you're talking about a lot of travel bloggers definitely lost so much income, um, and if you don't have any savings, you're kind of screwed, and you're back to square one, at least for that year. So that's really nerve wracking, you know, when you're making really good money and then all of a sudden it's like down to zero. And a few of my friends that happened to them and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so scary. But it makes you more resilient, I think, when when that happens. And you you think more about what if this happens again and then you kind of put other things in place. I have two different businesses now. Yeah, As well as that. 
two or more. Yeah, I have. No, I've got. I've got another blog, which I haven't done a lot with, but I'm starting to do more now with pregnancy and the autoimmune disease I have. So it's more like kind of that side of things. And then I also set up like a template store, an online store with a friend, which is, is just like passive income. We maybe do a day's work a, a, a month. Where, wow. where she designs stuff, I put it all up online, and then that's that's kind of it. So, like, I definitely, although I'm still very much in the travel industry, having these like things aside from it is so important. That is amazing. It's not just about income streams in yeah. one industry. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It has to be all different ones, and I love that you're making all of these websites. It's still in your wheel of expertise, but then you're able to use it in so many different ways that you're able to do that. And now things are getting back again. <laughs> and now they're all yeah. making money from you. Now <laughs> you're making more money than before. So if you think about it, there's yeah. there's an upside to all of this because if you created another source of income. Yeah, there, def- there definitely is. And I think it definitely like weeded a lot of people out of the industry as well. A lot of people left. I was able to go back full-time blogging by January. Like that was the date that I gave myself, okay, no more clients back to just full-time blogging in January of this year. And I've like, it's not been an issue. I've not, I've not struggled at all. I'm not one of these like six figure a month people, but I just like, I'm okay. (laughs) I'm happy. (laughs) Sometimes I only work an hour a day, you know, (laughs) what can I say? Yeah. And you don't need to, you don't need to have, you know, five, six or however many figures a month, especially with you, Claire, you live in Mexico. It's a lot cheaper than like, you know, with me, I live in New York City. I definitely couldn't afford to be here, but you know, that's why also like where you live is also very important if you do this type of lifestyle. Also, I mean, I, this year's had its own challenges because I found out I was I got back from a press trip in El Salvador and I'd been feeling really tired. And then I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm about to launch. I was about to launch a new company, um, giving, doing group tours in Central America, like being off on the road for like 10 days of, of, of like taking women around on these trips. So it was like, everything goes into a headspin but the worst thing for me was I couldn't work wow like it I just physically could I was so tired I felt so awful that I'd like sit in front of my computer for like 20 minutes so I'd have I'd be asleep all afternoon and I mean thank <laughs> god that my business is pretty stable you know I mean you always have to be feeding the beast yeah but yeah. I was able to, I mean, I pretty much didn't work, I'd say, for like a month and a half. Yeah. I mean, I've got a VA and she kept things ticking over and I did like what I could, but I was not. I mean, still now, like um, I have days where I just need to sleep. So. <laughs> I know. And we were talking about so this. I might not be making six, I'm not going to be making six figures a month, but I can take a nap when I want exactly. to. Exactly. take myself off for the day when I want to. And to me, that's more important, you know. Yeah. I made good money when I was in the UK and... Like I was miserable. You were miserable. I would much rather 
I have enough to sustain my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But no, but that's true, though. It's like as long as you have everything that you need, you're comfortable, you don't need to be the richest person to to be happy with yourself. And like you mentioned, you could be earning more money if you go back to your old life, but then you'd be miserable and you wouldn't have the same sort of living. Like, you know, now that you're going to be a mom, it's going to be incredible for your son or daughter, you know, for for them to live this life with you too. And it's kind of an adventure every single day, which is pretty awesome, you yeah. know? <laughs> That's a good childhood to have instead of just being in I know, like, I know. You know, a, um, a place where you can't really have any of that in your life, which is interesting. And also to have two parents kind of at home and, mm-hmm. and there yes. and around. Exactly, exactly. And most people don't have that, right? Maybe you'll have one parent and the other one is working or maybe both parents are working. So when you have two of those parents, that's pretty incredible. So with all of these different things that you have to juggle with your life, with your different businesses, now you're going to be a new mom. How do you really manage your time, Claire? Because that's a lot. To be honest, I I think being pregnant is definitely taught me you just have to you just have to give in sometimes like before I think I pushed through a lot more I was feeling tired I wasn't feeling something I'd like really force myself and now I'm just like no I need to go nap I need to go and sleep I'm not going to do this I'll do this tomorrow so I've definitely been a lot more forgiving with myself um I'm much more flexible with my schedule I'm not so great in the mornings at the moment but the evenings I Feel like I have much more energy so I'm just kind of really listening to my body and going with that and that's been able to get me to to work a bit being more productive and I've also it's really helped me saying no to some stuff mm-hmm. and like again we were having this conversation before before the podcast about I've been handing a lot of more stuff over to my VA things that I would never have dreamed of handing (laughs) over before but I'm like I haven't got time for this like I don't want to deal with my email anymore like just go and delete everything that I don't need to read (laughs) and just leave the good stuff in there for me to check like I don't have time to to handle this anymore Mm -hmm. and it becomes too overwhelming so I've started passing off a lot of stuff and getting rid of anything that really doesn't bring me joy or doesn't have a financial benefit because I'm definitely like, is it like, am I going to make money from this? Is this fun? Do I enjoy it? If it doesn't fit in, like, I'm just not doing it anymore. That's, that's really one of the, you know what, like, I've actually started doing that beginning of this summer. And I, you know, I completely changed my business model because of that. And I did exactly what you're doing um, right now. And it changes everything. There's so much more focus. And now you're not distracted by things that were just a distraction, right? And there's a lot of them. You don't realize how much time you actually waste on things that you don't really need to do because you think that you have to do it. And then you really evaluate it. And there's nothing it's actually giving you in your life. If anything, it's making you more tired. It's just taking up time that you don't need to give. I think we're especially like susceptible to this as women that we feel obliged to do things. Yes. And I've like just stopped that now because I haven't, <laughs> I, I just feel like I haven't got time. Yeah. Especially with like growing another human in your body, you're like, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've become much more money orientated. Not that I, not like in a like, 
greedy, superficial way, but I'm like, how much money is this going to make me? Is this worth my time? Yeah, exactly. And I've definitely, I've definitely noticed that I'm doing less now and making more money. Yes. So I think, I feel like that energy that you're putting out. It's valuing your time and your energy. And if you put that, like you're saying that energy, if you're putting that out there, then other people are going to respect it too. And if you're just giving it out to everybody, then they're going to take advantage of it. And I, like you're saying for, for women, for us, like we definitely tend to do that a lot because, you know, a lot of us are very caring and we don't want to, you know, step on. I want to help everyone. That's why I started writing the blog. I, I wanted to help women. Like I do but not on my own expense exactly exactly like, if my like my health and my mental well-being and I think like especially my mental my yeah. mental health like this has not been like it has not been easy coming to it sounds really bad like coming to terms of being pregnant but yeah like I, I wasn't expected it was it wasn't planned I'm I'm so grateful and joyful about the pregnancy now but like you know I'm a nomadic person yeah. who lives out of a suitcase and like how is this gonna work now yeah. and just all of these things and like for the first time in my life I wanted stability mm. like I refused to leave this area during my pregnancy I was like I want to stay here I don't want to move I want the same midwife I want this I want this after the baby comes then you can I'll go changes. anywhere yeah. yeah I will move I think we're even ordering like everything that's travel like travel pram travel this <laughs> so that and I'm like my family all trying to buy me loads of stuff and I'm like babies don't need that much stuff <laughs> adults need that stuff yeah. babies don't yeah exactly like you know so I'm like very conscious about that and like we are planning to not to be traveling we're always going to have a home base I think because that's the way that I prefer to travel now mm-hmm. I like having a home base and then to like head off for a couple of months somewhere or a month somewhere a few weeks and like live and work from there and then come back and have a base yeah it's it's definitely different when you're not just thinking about yourself and your partner and now you have like another human that you have to take care of and you're like okay there needs to be some sort of stability and then they say too that with um pregnancy you have this like nesting phase where you just want to like take care of everything (laughs) so you're like you're like yeah I'm into that phase right now like we we need to, to do that that's awesome yeah. but it's I love <laughs> all of these hey, changes <laughs> you're like don't take me out of here until I'm ready well I'm planning I'm planning a home bath as well oh, so wow. my little studio apartment is literally like it's my womb it's my woman cave this is where I'm gonna have the baby so this was really important to me we've got a six month lease so we're just here till two months after the baby comes just to get us through that time and then who knows what's going to happen I'm not even thinking that far ahead yeah well you're going to be you know but you know what once the baby comes you guys can choose to leave and go everywhere but I did want to ask you Claire what type of travel insurance that you actually use and you know since now that you're planning all of these different things once the baby comes has that changed like what has that been like yeah it's it's well this is one of the things that we've got we're really trying to look into as well so at the moment because I had residency here in Mexico um, I actually had insurance for like expat insurance Mm -hmm. Um, so I've had that for the last will be a year in January 
I'm back to being a tourist now just because it was complicated with the baby. But that insurance still covers me. Before that, I was using Safety Wing because it's mm-hmm. digital nomad insurance and it's like a long-term one uh, because I never went home and a lot of insurances won't cover you. When you're out of country, you have to get the cover in the country. So yeah, I used Safety Wing before that. I don't know what we're going to do with the baby. It's definitely something that I need to look into. My partner looked into him adding me and the baby onto his insurance and it was insane but again that's just for here in Mexico that's not travel insurance so I don't I haven't really had to think about travel insurance because I've just been in Mexico like yeah. of COVID and everything else I've been here apart from a couple of weeks in El Salvador and in the US and I never get insurance in the US yeah it- I always just say to my mom just send, put me on a plane back to Mexico or I'm just going to have to die. <laughs> Can't afford oh, to yeah. cover it's here. It's pretty it's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, my, I can't. I can't even tell you, Claire, like the insurance. It in doubles the- your insurance to add on the U.S. It's like cheaper to get insurance to go to the Congo or somewhere <laughs> like that. Consider it like dangerous. <laughs> well, I know. I, I live in New York City and it's such a pain to get insurance here and I'm like I just wish I could use travel insurance all the time because it's so easy so much cheaper and it pretty much gives you the same exact stuff that what we pay for here in the U.S. and you know especially with you as a remote worker and I like it's also really such a headache to figure all of this stuff out like what you're dealing with right now when it comes to health insurance now that you're pregnant and there's a lot of different things that they require usually, right? So you're like, oh my God, what do I yeah, do? And my insurance does not cover pregnancy. Yeah. So there's so many so I things. I have to pay for that myself. It's, it's so crazy how many things that you didn't even know could happen. Like, you know, the pandemic and then your pregnancy. It's pretty crazy. That's why I'm really glad <laughs> that I actually found and I'm working with Integra Global because they have super comprehensive plans. They don't ask their members to build a plan because how would you know what you'll need and their insurance covers everything and it's all built in and so I love them because of that because there's actually people that were stuck during the pandemic and there's a lot of insurance companies that didn't cover and they actually did so that's why I love them even more. So if you want to check it out, Claire, if anyone else want to check it out, you can go to IntegraGlobal.com. See how you can give, um, you, they can give you the insurance coverage you need and maybe some you never knew you would because who knew all of this was going to happen? Who knew Claire would, you know, be traveling around in Latin America and, you know, during COVID and then getting pregnant. So it's pretty funny how <laughs> life turns out, right? So ma- I feel like there's well, been so many changes mean. for you, like these last yeah. few years. It's But it's all like good sure. changes, right? <laughs> yeah. I I am like the brunt of all of these meme jokes. Oh. I came out of COVID, like lockdown, with an instant pot. I baked sourdough. I adopted two rescue kittens and I got pregnant. So I'm like, I am the meme. Everything is like (laughs) you're checking all the lists, you know, like check. Yep, check. That's so funny. Yeah, did that, did that, (laughs) yeah. So Claire, last question for you. uh, Let's fast forward to around 30 to 40 years from now and you're looking back in your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? Oh my gosh, that's so hard because I feel like the world changes so fast and like so many things that are like 
relevant now, like technology wise and like just the way we live is it's going to be so different in 40 years. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I definitely feel like I'm going to write, there's definitely another book about this life change, about going from being like a strong solo traveler, kind of lone wolf to having a baby and a family and still trying to to keep that you know like I left the UK for a reason I unpicked myself from my life for a reason because I felt tied down I felt suffocated so how can you kind of slip back into having these things and having this stability and having yeah. this family without it feeling like it's choking you yeah um so I think that that's like an interesting thing I'm doing at the moment and so there's definitely going to be a book in there I think about something about that transition into like how you can have a family without feeling yeah. stuck and how you can continue traveling and like all of these things. So I hope that my writing and the books and just living my life and kind of, it's, it's, it's not really egotistical, but like, you know, people like the way that I show myself on Instagram, I do feel like I'm very genuine. I don't really post a lot of like fake stuff I don't very well wear makeup like if you follow me on social media like it is really a big part of me you don't see all of me (laughs) I still keep some stuff back but I feel like just being an example that other people can can see that what's possible that you don't have to like you don't have to suffer and like feel like you just have to do these things but you're obliged to do them you can make different choices for yourself yeah and it is possible it's true we all have choices all the time no one is really stuck you choose to be stuck it's it's true and also you know what it is too like I feel like people tell you you have to choose like you can either stay at a nine-to-five or you can decide to travel but you can't have both like you can't work and then do all of these adventures like you have to choose one or the other right you can either be a parent and raise your kid or you can be like a business person or you can travel like And it's really great to see you be able to do all of this and still come out okay and actually even more happy with your life with all of these things that's that you're able to do. I choose not to do any of those things. (laughs) (laughs) I choose to do it differently. Exactly. And you can do it. Like if if you really want to do it, you're gonna find a way to do it. And it's in your own terms, not anyone else's. And and I think that's why I love where we are right now in the world in this time is because it is possible with technology because 10 years ago, 20 years ago, this wasn't even in anyone's mind. Like this was not possible at all. So I feel like we're also lucky that technology and all of this stuff is so much more available for everyone that even in like the poorest country that you can give them work and um, they'll able be able to live like a better life for themselves. Uh, So which is pretty incredible. And I love that. And I love that you're showing this, Claire. I love that you're showing that it can be possible. Um, And you're right. You don't have to be stuck with your life. You can do something about it, you know. Thank you so much, Claire, for being here with us. We really appreciate you sharing your story. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Uh, it's okay, so you can find me. I probably, although I really don't like like social media, I do hang out on Instagram a lot. More <laughs> in my stories than on my posts. I think I posted like twice in the last three months. <laughs> um, but I do I do put stories on that. So it's Claire's Itchy Feet on all the social platforms. And then that's my blog too. 
I'm getting more, doing much more on my other Instagram now about my pregnancy and living with an autoimmune disease. So that's um, me and Hashimoto's. Aww. And there's a blog as well, but I haven't done too much with that. But I'm on Instagram with that. And then Endless Summer's Tours is my new, my new baby. So if you want to come and travel with me, my first tour is until October next year. So the schedule, the timetable is going to go out in November. Um, and I've got some epic tours coming up. And yeah, come and travel with me in Mexico. It's mostly Mexico and a little bit of Guatemala. <laughs> love that. Yes, love both places. So definitely go check that out. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you and um, all of these stories that you gave us. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Claire. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to make money blogging without using social media. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.